Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. All right, everybody turn to Hebrews chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 5. We are on a series called Vision for Life, and we're believing God this is going to take us all the way to the end of the year. And, and, and so I had something in prayer this morning that God put on my heart, and I thought, Lord, thank you for helping me communicate it. So I'm asking you to believe with me this morning that I'll communicate it the way that he wants it communicated. Because how many of you know, it's not just up to the speaker, the hearer has a big part in this, right? You know? You can have a dynamic speaker, but if people walk away and they didn't hear in their heart what God wanted to say, then we didn't get the job done, did we? You know, it it doesn't do any good to ask somebody to marry you unless they say, all right, three of you got that one, yeah, okay. How many of you are married in here? Some of you, okay, oh good, good, good. Hebrews chapter 5, I better just keep going here. Hebrews chapter 5, look at verse 12. We're going to start in verse 12, and we're going to begin to step through this. Verse 12 says this. It says, for though by now, this time, you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So what we see in this verse is time has passed. Some time has passed, and they should be eating solid food by now. But they're not. They're still drinking milk. All right. And how many of you know spiritual maturity does not always accompany time? You can be born again. You you can be, ask Jesus in your heart, be saved for 30 years. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your spiritual maturity is at a 30-year level, huh? How many of you, can I get an amen on that? Well, let me verify it to you in the natural. Hey, maturity doesn't always come with age either, huh? Sometimes age comes all by itself. No maturity with it, right? Okay, verse 13 says this, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a what? He's a babe. He is a baby. So unskilled means inexperienced. And so what this word of righteousness is talking about is what God says about you. That you believe and have faith in what God says about you. Look at verse 14. It says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to to discern both good and evil. So I could basically say this verse this way, on that last part, that people that are of full age, mature in the word of wisdom, they can discern the difference between right and wrong. How many of you know we live in a culture where some people call good evil and evil Good. And what did the Bible say? The Bible said in Isaiah 5 verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and those that call good evil. How many of you you know you you see that out there? You see people trying trying to do that. So in other words, people who are skilled in the word of righteousness have discernment. They've come to a place of of maturity that they can discern the difference between what's right and what's wrong. What the Bible says is right and wrong. And when you have that truth, man, glory to God. Now now you have a solid foundation to live your life on. All right. So, but people who are not skilled in the word of righteousness, they have skewed discernment. 
That's how people can call something that's evil good, is if their discernment is skewed, right? Okay, so let me move on here. So, So we see this progression that milk is for babies, but somewhere down the line, solid food has to be introduced, right? Somewhere down the line, people have to start eating meat. There's a reason that I'm saying this, and I'm driving all the way to this verse in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. So that's the next verse. Now remember Paul, he wrote this letter to, the, to Hebrews. This is a letter, so it flows all the way through. And later, they, you know, when they, the Bible has divided it into chapters and verses. So this is all one thought. But look at Hebrews chapter 6. Look at verse 1. It says this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, next verse, of the doctrines of baptism, of laying out of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So, there's sometimes in social media, and I'm sure everybody has experienced this, and, and through group texting, maybe you've been made a part of a group and you didn't realize you were a part of a group, and then your phone dings about five, six times right in a row, and it keeps going off, and you're thinking, dear Lord, what's happening? I mean, is this a 911 call? What's going on? And eventually, you see somebody send a message that says, I am leaving the discussion. So-and-so has left the discussion. So-and-so has left the group, right? So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, and that's the title of my message, Leave the Discussion. It's time to leave the discussion. Don't you think? It's time to leave. You know, there's some guys that I used to work with. Um, when I remember I sold cars for a while. I worked for a car company called Saturn. So there's other guys that have sold cars in here, I know. And when I, when I worked for Saturn, Saturn was an interesting car brand. They had their own philosophy and their own culture. It was a different, different uh, approach to selling cars. But, but I worked with this group of guys. And when you work with car salesmen, Many of them are characters. That's why they're in car sales, because they're characters. But some of these guys, would they like to tell dirty jokes once in a while. Well, I got to where I could always sense when a dirty joke was about to happen. And so what I did was I left the discussion. I would pull away from this guy. In fact, one of them, he said, watch this. He didn't think I heard him. And he was talking to his friend, and I could tell he was going into a dirty joke, and I started to drift away, because <laughs> I don't want to hear the joke. Why? Because I realized what comes in can produce, right? So I left. Here's what I did. I left the elementary principles of the world, because I'm going on to maturity. Sometimes it's important to leave the elementary principles of the world, right? Some of you in here, you may need to leave a relationship, because it's an elementary principle of the world and it's trying to input into your life and you're saying wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I need to pull away from this person because I believe God wants to take me on to maturity I need to leave the discussion of the elementary principles of the world and I need to step into maturity where God wants to take me how many of you feel that way you may need to leave the same thing in the media some people they you know, that maybe they're hooked on a show. I, I get a little concerned sometimes because now people have the ability to literally sit down and watch an entire season. Okay, so I used to do, um, 
when, when we traveled in ministry, we traveled with a production called The 99, and it was a big 20,000 square foot tent, and it had a production that presented the gospel inside of it. Well, because it was an inflatable tent, all you had to do, all you needed to be able to get into it was a knife. I mean, you know, sometimes people would slit the side of the tent just to poke their head in and see if they saw anything they could grab. You know, and so we had what we called overnight security. How many of you have ever done overnight security? You have to stay up all night. All right. Oh, man. And so I had to do overnight security one time. We had, we had interns, and most of the time, you know, they would do it. But I remember this one night, Zach and I were going to do it. And so I watched an entire season of Walker, Texas Ranger. How many of you Walker, Texas Ranger fans? Okay. All three of you in here are good. Good. Come on. Movies for guys who like movies. So... So I'm watching. So I realized in Netflix, man, you can sit down and watch. Now I did because I was just trying to stay awake. Man, if I can just get to see the last one of the season, I'm good because the sun's getting ready to come up, right? And so it gave me something to look at, something to watch as I'm doing overnight security. But here's the bad. Here's the negative side: is you can feed on that. You can sit down and watch, and and they call it binge watching. But the challenge is, is that when you're, you're putting something in that's elementary principles, right? But what if we binge-watched the Word? What if we begin to be- feed on the Word of God? Sometimes, I love it now because, the, you know, the Bible, they have it in so many different translations, and they have it to where it's acted out, and they have it to where somebody read it, you know. And, and it's all available to be able to just sit down. Sometimes I just lay down, and I just put the Bible on and just listen. Man, why? Because I realize it's feeding my soul. It goes way beyond here. It goes way beyond here. It goes, I mean, it goes all the way down to your innermost being. And it'll produce in your life. Right? So, leave, ever, turn to your neighbor and say, leave the discussion. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Let me read it to you out of the NIV. I want to hear it in a different translation. This translation says this. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance and acts uh, that lead to death and of faith in God. So therefore, let us, back to the top, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings of Christ. So here's what Paul is saying in this epistle, this letter that he wrote to the Hebrews. He's saying, hey, it's time to grow up, guys. Listen, you've been on milk long enough. It's time to grow up, right? Time to grow up because you should already be building on that foundation, but you keep laying the same foundation over and over and over. What's wrong with the foundation? And the foundation that he's talking about is repentance. Let's look at what that foundation is. The foundation is repentance from dead works and of faith in God. And too many people walk around and they say, I, I, you know, I'm just an old, you know, me, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're not an old sinner saved by grace. Well, doesn't the Bible say that all have sinned? Yes, it does. But we all sinned, but Jesus made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And guess what? Now we're forgiven. We're a new creature and guess what 
if you've been water baptized, this is so important with water baptism. That's what we're going to do today. Anybody that wants to be baptized, we're going to baptize today. We've got it ready to go. But when you are water baptized, when you're born again, man, you receive forgiveness. God makes all things new. But here's, here's the, the great part about water baptism is that when you go into that water down all the way and you're immersed down in there and you come back up, you come back new. What, what that's a representation of is you are dying to yourself and you're choosing to live for Christ. Live for Christ. Man, look, I want to read to you 2 Peter 1, 4. This is a very familiar verse. No, I don't. I don't want to read that verse. I downloaded the wrong verse. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Zach, could you, can you put up on there uh, 1 Peter 2, 24? That was where I meant to go. I copied the wrong verse in my little note thing. 1 Peter 2, 24. It says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins. Wait a minute. You've done what to sins? You've died. You've died to them. Right? So how can I live in them anymore? I'm dead to them. What's that guy on that, on that show, uh, 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 not the prophet, what's the one? Shark Tank. He says, you're dead to me? Remember the one guy, you know, the deal, he, he doesn't get the deal, the guy walks away and he says, hey, you're dead to me. You know, that's the way we're supposed to be with sin. Every time the enemy brings it up, we should say, no, you're dead to me. I died to that. That's not me anymore, but I'll tell you what happens. Here, here's the demonic, demonic strategy in it, is that the enemy brings a temptation to you, he brings a thought to you, and he tries to get you to think about it, and then he'll flip it on you and make you feel bad because you're having that thought. See, if you were free, you wouldn't be having that thought anymore. Wait a minute, I didn't come up with that thought. The enemy is trying to bring that thought back to me because he wants to keep me in sin but if I've been made new in God I'm free from that I'm dead to that I died I was supposed to be crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me I'm getting excited about this too many Christians man they're walking around with sin consciousness and they're supposed to be walking around with son and daughter consciousness Okay, you're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You're a son and you're a daughter of the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Man, because man, if you keep that old mindset, you're not going to go anywhere. I heard, how many of you have heard of a guy named Roland Hill? I remember I, I heard about him visiting someone's home and he was watching this little boy ride one of those, um, the rocking horses. And this little kid, and he was just watching him for a while while he was waiting for his friend to come. And, and when his friend showed up, he said to him, he said, you know, he said, this is like a lot of Christians, this rocking horse. He said, there's a lot of motion, but they're not making any progress. That's what happens. It's like the enemy has a rope around you, and every time you go to try to go forward, he'll let you have a little lead, but then he pulls it back. I was watching my two dogs this morning because one of them has taught the other one how to dig. And out in the yard, and I think they're trying to get to that mole that I've been trying to kill. And every time I put out, you know, juicy fruit, because I heard it kills moles. If you've heard differently, please help me. But I put this stuff out, and then my dogs go dig it up and eat it. I'm like, 
just dig the mole up and eat him. But anyway, <laughs> so they're out there digging. So we put them on leads. And so I saw one of them, his name is Freddie, and the other one, his name is Oliver. And I saw Freddie. I told Nicole, I saw him this morning. I said, look, look what Freddie's doing. Because Oliver is trying, because Oliver kind of, he doesn't like the lead, so he kind of freezes when he wears the lead, and all, and Freddie's like saying, hey, wait right there, I think I can chew it off of you, and he's just chewing on that lead, trying to jerk it, and he's not getting anywhere. He's not getting anywhere. Why? Because he's hooked to it, and you're not designed to be hooked to something. You're designed to walk in the freedom that God has given you, but it's in his freedom, not in your freedom. All right, now, turn over to Galatians. See, this is why people, this is what's happening in the church, is elementary principles are being taught over and over. People are receiving Jesus and they plug into church because the church is designed to get them saved and get them serving, get them saved, get them serving in this, in this product. And so you get them serving and then it lasts about a year. And what they're finding is a year or a year, year or two later, they're falling out. Why? Because they're not going beyond the elementary principles. They're still on milk. God wants to take us to some T-bone steaks. Come on, guys, right? Somebody's going to eat after this thing's over. I can feel it. Galatians chapter 4. Turn over to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians. You don't mind if I teach a little bit today, do you? All right, maybe I'll preach in between. Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 1. It says, the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything. Everybody say owner of everything. So God has given you everything. We learn from Psalms 115 verse 16 that, that the heavens belong to God, but he has given the earth to us. He's given it to us, right? So the next verse says, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. All right, so here's that date, next verse. In the same way, we also are, uh, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world, right? But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that was us, so that we might receive adoptions as what? Sons. All right, now, that's, Male sons, and that's female sons. So women, don't get offended by the term sons. Okay, that's both. That's all of us. All of us, right? So <clears throat> I met a man uh, this past weekend. I was, we were, um, at, after the funeral, we went over to Holly's house um, and had lunch, you know, with some people. And, and one of her relatives came over, and he married into the family. And he had an interesting job. His job was to test the soil um, before they put a highway in. So the highway, the new highway that you've seen that goes from Highway 49 and it goes down to 112, that new jaunt through there, some of you have driven that. It's a great highway because hardly anybody's on it. You just get out there and open her up, you know. It's a great, I like that highway. So <clears throat> I'm not saying anything about driving, but it's nice. And, or speeding, but and so I was talking to this guy, and he said, he said, yeah, my job is to go out, and our company, we test the soil. I said, really? Well, what are you testing the soil for? And he said, because we need to determine what kind of weight the soil can handle, and that tells us what kind of, you know, some, whether to use uh, cement, concrete, or asphalt, you know, what kind of highway it needs to be. 
I said, wow, that's very interesting. He said, yeah, concrete's lighter. I said, really? I said, I didn't realize that. But what's he doing is he's testing the soil so that the foundation can be laid. But see, people get saved, they get born again, and they're questioning the soil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, no, there's sin back here. You know I, know, I know God forgave me for this, but man, this was bad. I don't think that he could have forgiven me for this. Or the enemy's bringing it, keeps bringing it back up, keeps bringing it back up. And then you begin to doubt. Oh, I don't know if I'm really truly, truly forgiven of that. Or maybe I still have that issue. Maybe the, it's still holding. Why? Because you're questioning the soil. Jesus tested the soil. The highway's been laid. Man, enjoy their drive. Get out there and drive on it. All right. Okay. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So what did that verse say? In Galatians 4, it basically said, you're the real McCoy. Huh. How many of you remember that slogan? I haven't said that in a while. I haven't heard that in a while. Have you? A few of you have. <clears throat> Some of you that are older than me. So, uh, no, I'm teasing. It's a joke. It's a joke. So the real McCoy, okay, the, remember this guy, this guy named Elijah McCoy, okay, he was born in, in Canada in 1844, he invented things like the ironing board, women, aren't you thankful, ironing board, he invented the, uh, the lawn sprinkler, right, and so what happened was other companies started copying his inventions, and they started building the same things, only they didn't work as well. And so people would come into the store, and they'd say, no, no, I don't, I don't want one of those, I want the real McCoy. Huh. Yeah, just a little tidbit for you. Okay, turn over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Okay, as I was thinking about this, as I was thinking about maturity, going from milk to solid foods, I was reminded of <clears throat> something that we did for our kids. When Zach and Becca, both of them, when Becca first, when she turned 13 years old, I, I had it in my heart that I wanted to do something special for her because I wanted her to recognize that she was going from a child to a young woman because something bothered me about the word teenager so you need to know something about my wife she when we were dating she would never call me her, her boyfriend and it used to bother me because I thought you know feels like a prenuptial agreement or something already we haven't even got anywhere you know and but then I found out why she wouldn't call me her boyfriend because all the people at work, they lived with their boyfriend, they slept with their boyfriend, and, and she didn't want to call me her boyfriend and put me in that same category. And then I went, oh, come on. I'm not in that category, right? You know. And so anyway, so our kids, I, I didn't like the word teenager because I felt like this, it feels like an excuse to not grow up. The, you're so, the, because my Bible says that we go from being a child to being a Man, I don't, see any, I don't see anywhere in between. And now I'm still seeing pe people that are in their teens and in their 20s and in their 30s and even into their 40s that are still acting like they're in college. They're still acting like they're in high school. They're holding on to this thing. And why? Because they refuse to grow up. They refuse to leave the elementary principles of the world and step into the maturity that God's called them to step into. And so anyway, so... Rebecca, we rented this place at a hotel, and I rented a pink Hummer limousine. Come on. Man, you haven't lived till you've ridden in a pink Hummer, climbed out of it. That was exciting for me, but, yeah, but it was more exciting for her. So, but this pink Hummer, 
and they showed up at the hotel. We drove around the city, you know, and all her friends got to ride in it, you know, and we showed up at the hotel, and then we've got a whole spread laid out. But I had her read some scriptures out loud. One of the scriptures I had her read was 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought, come on, somebody, thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a woman, I put away childish things. I am putting this thing away. So I wanted her to understand. And Zach, we rented him a, what did we get you? Suburban. Suburban limousine, come on. And anyway, but it was the same type of deal. And so when they read those scriptures, I wanted both of them to understand, listen, teenager, you're not, you're not, you are going to grow into maturity. Okay, we're not prolonging this because my Bible says you're going from a child to a young man. You're going from a child to a young woman, a woman of God, a man of God. And I told him, I'm going to give you more freedom but I'm going to give you more responsibility as a father. And you know what? Man, I saw just this, their shoulders come back and just this excitement. Man, I'm not a teenager. I'm a young woman. I'm not a teenager. I'm a young man. Amen. Come on, somebody. So, listen. When you're a baby, everything is done for you, isn't it? And it's wonderful. Why? Because you don't have to do anything. Mama does everything. She takes care of me. She waits on me. It's a real comfortable place to be, isn't it? I remember the feeling I had when, when both of my parents had moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma, because I had grown up in Tulsa all my life, from, from when I was two years old all the way, you know, until I married Nicole when I was, turned 25. And, and it was a real place of comfort for me. Because my family was there, my parents lived there, my, my friends were there. And when my parents left that city and no longer lived in the house that I grew up in, I remember the feeling of discomfort. Because that was a place of comfort to me. You know, the stores that were around the house, that was a place, those were places of comfort because I was used to going there. But growth always requires constant change. It always requires constant change. Some people say, I don't like that. I don't like change. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm not the one that did this deal. God did. He said, listen, I want you to grow into maturity. So that means you're going to constantly be changing. Listen, I love Nicole. The woman that she was when, I, when we dated and we got married. Man, amazing woman of God. Now, I love her even more. But she's not the same woman that she was. She has changed a lot. And I have to, have I changed? I have changed too. <laughs> you guys are going, yeah. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Why? Because I'm growing. Okay, so. Grew I grew up. You grow more? So there was this Oriental guy, I remember in Louisville, Kentucky. And he, was, he owned a tailor shop. And I took some pants up there because I like to buy my clothes sometimes. We'll go to, uh, you know, we'll go to thrift stores, go thrifting, you know. And sometimes you can, buy, you can find some nice stuff. Well, I found this really nice pair of dress slacks. And, <clears throat> and I bought them, came back, brought them to him. And they were big on me, right? So I had him, I said, hey, take these in. So he measured me, had me try them on. He measures. He, so I come back to pick them up and I put them on. 
and they fall off of me. And I thought, and I said, hey, I tapped him on the shoulder, came out, and I'm holding him, came out, and I'm holding my pants. I said, hey, look at this. And he goes, and he patted my belly, and he goes, you grow more? I said, no, I don't grow more. <laughs> Fix the pants, would you? But we are growing more, just not in those places, right? How many of you are not wanting to grow in that place anymore? Don't raise your hand. Okay. So, so anyway, listen, it's okay to start a baby. You can't stay there. You can't stay there. I, there's a reason I'm preaching this message to you. It's because in this church, we're getting ready to go to some places. And I need you guys to track with me. I, need, I want everybody to go together. Okay? Because we're going to begin to talk about some things. Because God needs us to come to a place of maturity where we're not always just running to the pastor and his wife to pray every time we're faced with an emergency. We come to a place of maturity where, no, we, we pray ourselves first. It's okay to still call us and, and let us be a part of the prayer, but we shouldn't be the backbone of the prayer. You know, you should learn how to use your faith. You should learn how to lay hands on the sick and recover. Hey, we should be, we should be laying hands on people and casting out demons. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Phil, there's no demons in the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in here, but I mean, you know, <laughs> they're out there. <laughs> Some of them have come in here. <clears throat> so, leaving the discussion. It's uncomfortable. What's out? Let me ask you a question. What's outside of your comfort zone? Discomfort. I mean, let's be real. Discomfort is outside of your comfort zone. Ask anybody that works out. Is there discomfort involved in growing muscles? Is there discomfort involved in staying in shape? You say, Phil, this is really elementary. I know, but you know how many people don't get this? And we need to because God wants to take us to new places. So in order for him to take us to new places, then we got to be willing to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Let me tell you, I took a couch to a guy's place yesterday. One of, the, one, of the, one of the guys, he was after me the whole time. He became my best friend. <laughs> because when I was handing out, when we were handing out the cards... And, you know, the flyers, we handed out like 800 flyers. And, <clears throat> you know, he said, he, said, he said, Mr. Phil, he kept calling me Mr. Phil. He said, no, Mr. Phil, do you guys think you'll have a couch there? And I said, yeah, we're going to have a couch there. I know, I've got one in my garage. And he, go, and he said, well, how, how can I get that couch? And I said, well, you know, if you come at one, I said, come early, come and see me. And, and let's make sure that you take, go home with the couch. I said, but you have to be there. Okay, okay. Well, then he, then he came right back to me and he said, so you're saying you have a couch? Well, yeah, I just told you I have a couch. I, I, I've got one for you. And so anyway, so we took the couch over there. It was a long, oh, I mean, he was after me the whole time. <clears throat> and so I made sure we put that couch in the trailer where nobody could see it. And I made sure we drove it to his house. And when we came into that house, <clears throat> I was very uncomfortable. My flesh wanted out of there. I mean, it was smelly it was he was a he uh, uh what do they call him hoarder <clears throat> oh man but you know what he was so grateful he's so grateful got to pray with him he gave me a big hug that was very uncomfortable too when it was over because i knew he hadn't had a bath in a long time much more long much longer than a few days <clears throat> but let me tell you We'll only go 
into the growth that God wants us to go into if we're willing to get out of uncomfortability, out of being uncomfortable. Man, because this is important. So many people have such a low tolerance for discomfort. I even heard one minister say one time, if it's God, it'll be easy. Where'd you get that scripture from? Whoever said that? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not always easy. Yesterday wasn't easy. It was hard work. Poor Lance, man. Everything was trying to fall on him yesterday. Every time he was moved something, something else came over. We were like, whoa! Lance, why don't you just supervise? No, he, Lance worked hard. He worked hard. There's discomfort involved. Man, so let me say this, and I'm going to wrap up. <clears throat> God has called us to grow. He's called us to grow. He's not called us to come in here and get milky sermons every week. And I'm determined in my heart that, that from this platform, that's not what you're going to hear. Okay? This one has been a little elementary today because I need to set it up so that we can go some places. I really felt like God was setting us up because he's wanting us to step into not surviving anymore, but thriving in a life for him. Because many of you are at a place where you're not thriving. That could be due to a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's not immaturity. It's feeling like you know everything. It's a spirit of pride because you've been around the block. You know things. And you think you're at a level. I've been saved for 50 years. Well, we just said maturity doesn't always accompany time or age. It doesn't. Let me tell you, the only way to go where God wants you to go is to remain teachable in your heart. Remain teachable all the time. You can learn from anybody at any time. So, Here's what I'm asking you to do in preparation. Because next week, we've we've got something else that we're wanting to do in the series. But then the next week, let me tell you, we're diving in. Head first. We're not dipping our foot in the the pool. We're just going to jump in. Okay? Are you with me? Is this all right? All right. It's I'm asking you to seek God in His Word. If you don't have a Bible plan... Let's get one. If you don't have a daily time where you pull aside and you read God's word every day, get a plan. We have some plans, um, but I want to encourage you, you need to be reading at least one chapter a day, every day. And preferably not in Lamentations or Old Testament. Okay, I mean, get start out in John or get in the epistles. Begin to read and begin to allow God to speak to your heart. Secondly, you need to have some time where you pray, where you pull away and you pray. And here's the reason why, because because you don't know what God is trying to tell you until you set aside time and you turn everything else off. The Bible says, be still and know. You You don't know until you make a choice to get still before God and spend some time with Him. Just talking to him. Like I'm talking to you. Just talk to God. All right? Man. And then lastly, and this is real important. 
And that's serve. You've got to serve somewhere. This is important. <clears throat> because you get as much out of serving as you do being born again. Giving your life to the Lord. Let me tell you, it is, okay, when we used to do the 99 at the end of the 99 production, we, would, we had a room full of counselors, full of people, you know, that would pray with people one-on-one, -on -one, local ministers. And so that people would sit down in their chair and they just really felt like this is a safe place. I can open up, I can share. And they did. And man, they would share stories that would just make your skin crawl. And I remember, I remember this one person, this older gentleman in Bakersfield, California, and somebody sat down on the other side and the guy said, he said, listen, I got to tell you, I've been born again since I was a kid, been dragged to church all my life. He said, I know God, for I did. Well, first, I'm sorry, first he said, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to open up and share with you, okay? I mean, my life is good. And then he got up to leave. And when he got up to leave, that was when he sat back down and he began to open up. And he said, I, he said, I used to serve God. He said, but now, he said, I yielded to the spirit of homosexuality and I've been trapped in it for years. Well, this old guy on the other side, he's in his 70s. It's not old, sorry. I mean, mature, let's use the word mature. Because <laughs> he, he was. And and when he heard him, he said, initially, my first response, I wanted to be shocked. He said, but I got out of shock, and I remembered what you trained us to do. And I said, well, tell me about that. And he said, I don't know what to do to get free. I need help. This guy began to minister to him, began to share the love of God with him, prayed for him to recommit his life. To God and then he got him commit then he got him connected to our God's ER program that was a that traveled with us and they stay with you until you're free and I mean they they discipled him back to serving God and getting free and you know what he called he called Terry our director at the time and he said Terry that has impacted my life. He said, do you know what I do now? Ever since then, do you know what I do now? Every day I go to Walmart. He's retired. I go to Walmart and I look for people that I can talk to. And I share Jesus with them. And I don't come home until I lead 10 people to the Lord. Psh. One day he had 10 by noon. He said, I'm going to stay out and get a few more. <laughs> Come on. See, you multiply it. God did an amazing work in that young man's life, but you multiply that effect, and that's what happened in the heart of that man. And let me tell you, now you can't break it off of him. If you don't have an outlet for your life, you're like the Dead Sea. You don't want to be like, we don't want to be like the Dead Sea where it's all about us. We want to be people that serve. And that's why we did what we did this past weekend. That's why we're going to continue to do outreaches. That's why in here in Vision Church, there's so many different places that you can get involved and serve. Because it takes all of us. It takes all of us. But that's a part of your growth. Serving is a part of your growth. You don't truly grow 
until you come to a place where you learn how to overcome offense. You learn to overcome issues with submission. You, you learn how to serve. Because if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. You have to serve so then God can trust you to then lead. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.